Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show. Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with John Halamka, president of the Mayo Clinic platform. The topic of discussion was, where is the cloud great and where is it not? All the big tech companies are moving their software to the cloud, and it's really changing the architectural landscape. Have we finally moved beyond the fad stage of the cloud? And how does data sharing fit into this new world? This move to the cloud, because if you look at the epic nuance, that's AI powered, that's a move to the cloud. You have the Salesforce Health Cloud, that's a move to the cloud. You have Google's API. And I'll sort of sum it up this way. Eric Schmidt said, get to the cloud, run to the cloud immediately. I can assure you that our data centers are more HIPAA compliant, more secure, more efficient, and better than your data center. Only after you get there will you have access to a host of new capabilities in your data center that you're going to want to tap into the things at scale that the cloud brings. Then it moved to more of an application deployment model. Some of us did Workday, some of us did Box, some of us did Salesforce, and the myriad of other, and EHRs are now trying to do deployment models through the cloud. And now it's really changing to an architecture play. The, the platforms are allowing us to create new types of applications. And in healthcare, there's thousands of applications that still don't live on top of these new models and therefore they're not open. It's harder to share data. It's harder to, to do some things. So my question for you is, have we finally moved beyond the fad stage of the cloud or are we moving to, this is now something that healthcare CIOs should definitely have a strategy for and be moving forward in, I don't know, a little bit more of an intentional way? Well, so I think you've summarized the trends extraordinarily well, which is move to the cloud, embrace open APIs, have a suite of apps that surround your transactional systems, and truly engage patients and providers in novel ways, all along while adopting machine learning, AI, these newer technologies while keeping everything reliable and secure. But so let's ask, where's the cloud great and where's it not? So as a CIO, I oversee 145 mission-critical applications deployed to 40,000 users, accessed 12,000 times a second at 450 locations of care. I'm living the dream like you did. Now ask yourself, how exciting is it to wake up in the morning and wonder whether your VMware slices are booting or not? It's like not in 2018 interesting. Right. I, I need to focus my day on how do I improve the doctor usability experience? How do I make that sort of patient stickiness to our healthcare system as opposed to the competitor's healthcare system better? And if you look at sort of traditional architectures, let's take us, you know, because you and I are probably a similar age. It's 1995. It's Fox Pro or Fox Base. It's two to three tier client server. It's like you can't move that to the cloud. Right? You need to have an architecture that says you're web and mobile native, you've got APIs, and you've got this transactional system running in a place that's very easy to connect to. So for me, I've moved seven petabytes of patient-identified data to AWS. I've moved my production clinical systems where I can, right? That Fox Pro thing still can't move, where I can to the cloud. And sure, I've kept some on-prem because the internet might disappear. I mean, 
it's not a joke, right? I mean, you're right. going to get North Korea or God only knows what state-sponsored cyber terrorist activity to take out, I don't know, DNS routing or something, right? So, so you got to have some things local. But I really, really try to move things out of my data centers because I want to procure rather than provision services. People say, oh, actually, this is not a risk. It's a risk mitigation because Amazon has 50,000 employees instead of your five looking at security. When badness happens at the internet, you think Amazon is going to route first or you? It's going to be Amazon that figures out a route around the problem. Right. So we're doing it. The BAAs are sufficient, the uh, reliability is sufficient, but there's one area that's not sufficient, and that is indemnification. So for fun, go call Jeff Bezos and say, hey, Jeff, let's imagine a bunch of Amazon engineers go rogue, and suddenly, I don't know, the HIV status of government officials is on Facebook. Are you going to indemnify us against that? His answer will be, um, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you've got a BAA, that's great, and you've got highly reliable, highly secure infrastructure. But I'll tell you, it's just still early. Google, Amazon, NTT Data, all of them aren't quite yet to what I'm going to call a single standard for paying you should badness happen to your data. Right. And I'm not sure that's going to change. We did have Workday, we did have Box. We did have Salesforce, Microsoft as well, and we had BAs with all of them. And when it came down to the indemnification clauses, there's not a single one of them that would sign up for it. And I don't foresee that change, changing anytime soon, do you? Well, I imagine there's sort of two models to explore, which is I have a $25 million cyber liability policy from Lloyd's of London. Yeah. So I say, Amazon, Google, NTT data, Microsoft, here's my data. Oh, and by the way, I will protect around that with a cyber liability policy. But Michael Dell, back when Dell was doing hosting, had actually an interesting thought. He said, I can't make it an infinite indemnification, right? That would bankrupt the company. Right. Well, how about this? I'll agree to pay you three times triple damages over what your contract value is. So you, you invest a million with me, I have a $3 million check headed your way if anything bad happens. Now, Obviously, that's not exactly sufficient. If I have, oh, I don't know, 2 million patients in that cloud, and the, say, average cost when you consider litigation, media management, credit reporting, forensics, all the rest, is 300 bucks per patient. 3 million doesn't go very far. <laughs> right. But one of the things, you talked about FoxPro, and we're both programmers, probably at a different level. I mean, you programmed an EMR, and, and I used to make applications within FoxPro. The thing we loved about it is, Highly, I mean, you could customize the heck out of it. You could make it do exactly what you wanted to. I think this is one of the drivers to the cloud now. Even though when you get Salesforce, you get Salesforce out of the box, but then you have this force platform on top of it. And now all of a sudden you can build applications that you can really customize the solution. You can bring in IoT data. You can do a whole bunch of things to it. I think this is one of the new drivers to the cloud that we're seeing is that people want to be able to plug in new applications, new thoughts, new things into it. And the cloud is giving us a new way to do that that we haven't really had since FoxPro, to be honest. I mean, people give you the EMR and they're like, here it is. If you want something, put in a, a request and maybe the, the vendor will do it, maybe they won't do it. What are your thoughts on that? Totally correct. So we call this at uh, BIDMC the EHR plus strategy. And what does that mean? 
So it turns out I have five clouds of EHRs, right? So I got an Athena cloud, got an eClinicalWorks cloud, a Meditech cloud, an Epic cloud, some self-built clouds. And they're all fire enabled, right? So what we say to this 26-year-old in the garage, you have this beautiful function that doesn't exist in the EHR. And what if we get and put data from the transactional system using a JavaScript object notation from the cloud? Can you plumb that? And the usual answer is, in a weekend, right? It's like, oh, here's a new OR productivity application. Is Monday good enough for you? And that's literally what we're seeing. As long as you cloud enable your data and your transactional applications with standard Argonaut-based specifications on fire, that ecosystem of app developers can just rapidly deploy what you need. Wow. Thanks for tuning in. Another great episode. If you have feedback for us regarding this content and materials, or if you would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, which is our mission, please send us a note at hello at thisweekhealth.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.